What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm normally your host, David Perret, but today my friend Alex Felice hijacks the podcast so much that he is even asking himself the questions I normally prompt. It's an adventure. It's a wild ride. We talk about everything from real estate to personal development to why I need to do a YouTube video about socialism because check it out. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. I'm not winging it. I got a whole bunch of stuff lined up. All right. Well, hey guys, it's Dave from Military to Millionaire. So I'm here with Alex Felice again. Uh, this time we're going to do, I have no idea. So he's got all kinds of stuff in mind. I don't know what's going on. Um, so we were going to like talk about what we were going to talk about and then do this. And we just decided to hit record and see what happens. So welcome back, Alex. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. I always like, um, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to, 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 particip to participate. And uh, I let you, uh, I'm grateful that you're going to let me run this show. Mm. <laughs> Excited to see what happens. All right. So um, a quick introduction for me, for anybody who didn't watch the first one. I'm a, a, a single family real estate investor, long distance. I do everything long distance, acquisition, rehab, uh, rent refinance, <clears throat> and repeat. Uh, I haven't seen most of my houses. I'm up to seven rental properties now. I think I got a lead on one. I'm about to buy this house. I had an electrical fire. Um, so that'll be eight and I should hit, uh, nine, 10 by the first half of the year. Uh, uh, but that's what I do. Uh, and I run a website called brokersofchoice.com. So I had a few things that I wanted to talk to you about that we didn't touch on last time that were military related that I thought, <clears throat> uh, you'd, you'd, you'd be excited to, to talk about. Of course. I just wrote down the title. My title for this is going to be Alex Felice hijacked my podcast. Oh, I love that. So I love that. Okay. <laughs> so I had some thoughts. One of the biggest things that I learned in the last year was, or one of the, I started my blog only about a year ago, just, just over. And it really had a big impactful difference, not monetarily necessarily right in the beginning, because you don't make money in your blog mm -hmm. in the beginning. You just, you know, right. Just write for yourself essentially, but it's a valuable exercise to both write and think out loud and try to, you're essentially trying to sell your ideas to the world. And so these are all valuable traits and they compound, uh, they scale infinitely, meaning you're always going to get better and you, the, um, the upside is unlimited, but the downside is nothing. Writing is essentially free. Yep. And if you have a brain, you have infinite amount of content. Okay. So my, my advice, for military people, it's something I didn't do till I was 34, and I wish I had done when I was 19, is every military person should have a blog. Every military, excuse me, every military person who wants to succeed should have a blog, should have some place on the internet that they can write their thoughts and then share their unique experience with the world. Now, when you're on base, it doesn't feel like your experience is that unique because you're Joe just like everybody else. But you're 500,000 people out of 350 million people out of 7 billion people. The fraction is really small and it's a really unique experience. And so what you do, what I didn't do in the military was take a lot of pictures and document my life and what I thought. And so if you could do this along with investing, even if you didn't invest right away, start that blog, get your, your stuff on paper. Um, and you'll find that writing is an extremely valuable and makes you very competitive. Uh, you want to compete and get promoted in the military? I bet you having, having a, a background in writing will let you think your thoughts out clearer and give you a lot more credibility. And it'll help you with figuring out how to write your own promotion reports and, and uh, a lot of stuff that gets factored in nowadays. They want like book reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can do all sorts. I mean, the, 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 the potential is unlimited. So... I just off the top of my head, what you just said, I do book reviews on my website now. And what if you're a military guy and you start writing book reviews for military history or military strategy books and you put them on your website to go along with it. Or, you know, for me, what I wish I had done now looking back is I could have done more on the history of the airborne and things like this. And so, uh, but anyways, it's just a 
it's just a thing. My, my advice I've been telling everybody lately is everybody needs to blog. Everybody needs to have a place on the internet that's their own, not just a screw around thing like Facebook or God forbid, even LinkedIn, but have your website. And so a blog is an easy way to start that. It gets your experience out there and it shares your unique, um, your unique life view that it doesn't seem as common when you're in because everybody's doing it. But when you get out, you're like, oof, I should have, I should have had more. It's funny you say that because I don't know if I ever like talked in detail to you about why I started my blog. But one of the things was I was looking at writing a book and I was like, you know, I'm not a great writer. Nobody's going to read it anyway. Let me just start this thing. And well, the reason was I had two different book ideas. One was like a, you know, real estate, whatever. The other one, and this correlates exactly what you're saying is when I was in Afghanistan, I was somehow, I don't know where this came from, but I was smart enough to keep not one, but two journals. So I know joke, I have a journal that is dated and like day by day by day, there's an entry and I have a journal that's a mission log and hour by hour by hour of every mission. And they tie in like this and I can literally go in and go August 1st is mission 13. And this happened on this day. And this is what I was thinking while it happened all the way down. And that's probably one of the coolest things that I've done throughout the military. It's not online. It's not a blog. Someday I might tie it all in together, um, but I can literally go back there and go, on September whatever is the day I drove over an IED. This is how I was feeling five hours after I drove over an IED or whatever, you know, and it's super cool. And so to say that, like if I had put it on the internet or been blogging everything else, I mean, I was, that's like a seven month window that I documented. Everything else is a couple pictures, but you know, a blur. Uh, so that's super cool idea. Yeah. And so yeah, I just wanted to share it with you. I thought that was, that was something you'd like. Um, what else? I forgot what my mindset was when I was writing these. I was talking to you and I was like, um, I gotta, I gotta come up with something to talk about on a blog. And we didn't, we had discussed winging it, um, which is fine, but I figured we can wing it around some, just some thoughts I had. Um, I had this thing where I was, I was a slacker in the army. I wasn't a bad troop, but I was like, you know, you're surrounded. Well, it depends on what unit you're in. And I was in the army, not the Marines. And so I was around a lot of uh, mediocrity. And mediocrity breeds mediocrity. And so when you're in the military and somebody, oh, that's what it was. Somebody had said, they're like, oh, I'm going to get out and I'm going to make X, Y, Z amount of money. And my thought was, uh, don't let being in the military give you a false sense of your, uh, the false sense of confidence in your ability to succeed in the civilian sector. The, the, it's hard to, it, it, it's not as easy to get out and be a, a hot shot as you would think. Um, and there's idiots abound in the civilian sector. And just like the military, a lot of them are going to be your boss. <laughs> yeah. um, and so um, it kind of comes back to a thing that you had said in your, um, your show notes to me. If for any 18 to 20 year old E nothing, what advice would I give you? Uh, fucking try. <laughs> try hard now. I'm serious. Try hard now. Try hard tomorrow. Try hard always. Try hard. Like, in the military, like I said, it's easy to like go to work, be a decent troop, run fast, shine your boots. Well, you don't have to do that no more. Um, score high in your uh, promotional tests. You know, get your soldier of the quarter. Even if you don't do that, you can still you can still go far. And it's like that is not what's going to take to succeed long run. You got to do. You got to try your. You got to start building your civilian life now for when you want to get out, even if you want to retire. I agree. Uh, and uh, you and I have talked about the fact that I'm still teetering right like it's i basically decided i'm not extending my contract past where it is right now but i'm going to execute one last uh transfer of duty station and, and that'll be the final hinge point is as i go full-time on this that'll be my final decision point as far as okay is this going well enough and am i having enough fun doing this that i can toss the career aside because i do love the marine corps but um, but as I do that, what I'm doing is intentionally, I'm, I'm volunteering for all the narrator positions that I can in the unit so that I'm getting in front of the unit as a public speaker. I'm teaching a class at least once a month on finances to all my service members because I want to teach that and get more practice, you know, repetition. And I'm going out of my way to try to go into like instructor courses and things like that, where I can build and focus on, you know, what's going to happen after. That's a lot of trying. Yeah. I don't know about hard, but trying. Well, but my point, <laughs> well, look, you don't have to, when I say try hard, what I mean is try consistently, try every day. Yeah. Right. And you got to go above and beyond the military. You know, if you're a top notch troop and you're the best in your unit and then you come become a civilian, the competition pool just got way bigger. 
because you your your company or your platoon or your battalion are small but uh the the capitalist competition for being you know you want to be jeff bezos or anywhere in between you gotta the competition is hot you gotta compete against me dog <laughs> um i uh i had one for actually let me do one of yours first um See, legitimately hijacking. He just took my questions and he's asking them to himself. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to like do this and just let you, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it auto-focused on my hand. That's cool. Um, I was going to ask this question, but I'm kind of not, not so sure. It's really not your, it's really not in your, your uh, wheelhouse here, but I'm going to ask anyways. Yeah, try me. For people who are in the military that watch this podcast, they're, Probably my guess is a lot of them are thinking about what they want to do when they get out or they want to get out and they want to secure their future. Just as I'm saying, they're like, look, I don't want to get out and then go, I don't know what to do. I want to secure my future either now or shortly as soon as I get out or I want to get out early, you know, whatever the case may be. And so for anybody who wants to get out of the military, and I'm going to ask this in a messed up way. I was thinking you could ask people, how do you uh, rebel against the military? Everybody has some form of rebellion. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, there you go. Everybody has some form of rebellion. Everybody, yeah, they, right. There, that's what it was. That it was the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> My son. Right? So, uh, mine are a little, mine are shaved, right? I guess. <laughs> but, but it comes down to the same thing. It's like, what are you, I'm curious, I'd be curious to know if you can get out of people. What is it? You know, I had, I had fun in the military. I liked my time. Um, it was the best thing I've ever, it was the best thing that I ever did for me. Um, and you, there are reasons why you should want to rebel against the military. Rebe uh, the military takes away your, and I'm not talking bad. I just mean, I'm just speaking the way I speak. Uh, the mil military by design takes away your individuality. Yes, you can't grow that mustache like you want. You can't grow a beard. It takes away your, your individuality. And so if you want to be a successful investor or a successful business person, you're going to need to have a lot of individuality. I agree. And so I think that these two things, uh, I, it took me a little while to explain. I, I haven't really thought the idea how to, how to sell it well, but you, know, you have people in the military that want to be more individualistic. That's why they come to your podcast because they want to learn how to do something that the military is not teaching them. And they want to do it probably outside of the military, at least eventually. Yeah. Yes. And so everybody has to have this. I'd be curious if you could get that out of people. If you, if you could ask it regularly, what do you do to rebel against the military? Just to expand on that idea or some kind of, um, maybe not say it that way, but. Stand out against the crowd. Well, yeah. Same. That's, I call that rebellion, Doug. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like a polite way of saying the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, I think as you're saying this, I've subtly begun to do, um, which I wouldn't necessarily call rebellion, but as I'm starting to look more future focused and also because people are seeing what I'm doing, I've realized the, uh, the barrier between my rank and higher ranks, you know, has, has diminished. And I don't mean that in a, like, I don't respect X, but there's a very open level of communication with officers coming to me asking me advice and stuff and, and things because like you know that, what the fuck that you're talking about i know it now that wasn't there before and it would have been kind of awkward to just be like oh yeah well blah 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 you know without like whatever and so obviously in, in professional setting it's still very professional but that's something that i would say i've like kind of get some weird looks sometimes when i'm not growing it up but just having a full-on normal conversation with people that are i mean you know out of my pay grade as far as as life yeah, they're out of your pay grade, but you know more than them. Some aspects, yeah. Some, some aspects, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Intelligence is the great equalizer. And, and this is another one why I tell people to read so much, because everyone can read. And once you know what you're talking about, right? Like, I'm a total maniac in real life. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, but people give me more respect than you'd think. And people who are way out of my, like, for the same, the, for, my, for my pay grade, um, it, it equals the playing field for that exact reason, because they know I know what I'm doing. And once you really know, uh, your, your, your personal confidence in the matter goes way up as well. Because the, the LT comes up to you, or even higher, 
Lieutenant Light Colonel comes up to you and he's like, hey, I'm broke. <laughs> I need some help. What's that? I said, and that happens. Of course it happens. Dude, being a high military rank doesn't mean you know how to uh, spend money wisely. No, uh, which, is, which is scary when you think about the amount of income that some of those guys have coming in. I got a guy who works next to me, makes $450,000 a year, and he's always living on the street. It's just, in fact, less than that, he's drowning because he has so much debt. Which goes back to what I'm always saying, and people hate this, but the, the world doesn't have a freaking income problem. We have an expense problem. And when yes. I, it just blows me away when people are so adamant about $15 minimum wage solving all their problems, but they're wearing like a Garmin carrying an Gucci iPhone belt. X. They've got a, yeah, a Gucci belt, uh, J's, like three different versions of them. And they spend all, you know, and I'm like, I get it. It's cool. I had cool stuff. I like nice toys, you know, but you can't have nice toys when you, yeah, when you don't, but that's an asset though. You can, you can make money with that. That's how I justify a lot of my fancy stuff for videos, but like, oh, I got toys over here that, that nobody needs to own though. Well, <laughs> to be no, fair. Look, no, I agree with you. Uh, I say that all the time. It's not about what you make. It doesn't matter what you make. It matters what you do with what you make. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't make that much money in my day job. Uh, and I've got really far because I know how to use what I have really efficiently. And so, yeah, you can make twice as much as me and you're going to waste it on anybody who's watching this in the military and they have a car payment or a truck payment. You're fucking up straight up. You don't make enough to have, uh, okay, here's the, here's the rule I go by. Uh, if you, you should never spend more than 5% of your net worth on a vehicle. And so when I say this to people, they go, what I, what usually I see, the first thing I see in their eyes is they don't know what their net worth is. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Okay. Then you spent too goddamn much. <laughs> yeah, or, or you get the people like, uh, I saw this on Facebook the other day. Someone was talking about net worth and someone, uh, they posted about their net worth and, and immediately I was like, mm, that's counting all your assets. Probably not the equity involved. Just like, so like for realistically right now, right. I could say I own X millions of dollars worth of real estate, but yeah, same. Who, who cares? That's not my net worth. If you look at the equity sliver and the savings and the TSP and the whatever, like the money I can actually use. Exactly. Um, and so that's, you know, when we say net worth, we're talking how much money could you have if you sold everything? What would be in your account? Net worth is assets minus liabilities. Yeah. And many people uh, don't count your primary residence. Which, uh, if you t if you actually do that, the net worth of most Americans is probably negative. Yeah, because they have a car payment. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, in intelligence is the great equalizer for sure, and uh, it comes back to um, you know my advice to eighteen to twenty four year olds: eat nothings, uh, read and write every day. Do an hour, thirty minutes of reading, thirty minutes of writing every single day. You'd be astounded, uh, and it compounds in five years. You'd be in t if you did that in five years, you'd be financially free. In 10, you'd be rich. Yeah. Oh, and on the car payment thing, just so that people, you know, don't lose their mind over the podcast, um, there are ways to mitigate that. And, and I'm not saying you should have a car payment because you would still do better if you didn't. But my wife's car has a car payment. It's not much, but it's a car payment. Um, and I turro it. Like last week, I turned it for like eight days and I made $100 more than what her car payment is off just letting someone else drive the thing around. And that doesn't necessarily mitigate. I mean, I would have made 300 bucks cash if I didn't have a car payment on it. But there's guys like that. There's guys who do like bite squad. I've got Marines who make like 100 bucks a night driving their car around delivering food. Um, and again, doesn't mitigate the car payment, but at yeah. least it's not costing you money. And then of course they blow their money on something else. And I'm like, if you don't take your bite squad paycheck and put it in a different bank account, don't touch it. But they don't listen. So some of them do, some of them do, they'll be successful, but anyway. uh, yeah, well, look, my, my, my style is not to, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't, how do I say it? You I mean, like look, to polarize. I, you don't care how they feel about you. Yeah. Style. I tell you the rule and then, you know, and then it's your job to go and yeah, right. Yeah. Look, <laughs> uh, and to be fair right now, I have a car payment. So it's not bad in all situations. Uh, my car died. I went off and bought a little 2015. I think I lost your video. Uh-oh. 
All right, we're back. We're recording again. Apparently, my kid was on YouTube, and I had a YouTube video downloading. I don't know, but uh, my internet said that I needed a break to run around like a chicken with my head cut off and figure out why my podcast dropped, and we're back with Alex. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I um, love how you just steamrolled your kid and made it to make him made him the scapegoat for this. Oh yeah, totally. It's all his fault. It's not. <laughs> that that is fault. the. I don't have kids, but that that is the one appealing thing. It's like ah, not my. I literally I walk around the corner and he's like still laying in bed, but the phone's up with YouTube just streaming. And I'm like, but I I need to go. I think I accidentally because I this, I have two Wi-Fi channels. And I think I put him on this one on accident the other day, and I need to have him on his own individual one. So, oh well. So, um, the what I've been wanting to do is I'm sick of wearing. Did I tell you this already? I'm sick of. I have this nice backdrop with all my stuff, my pictures, my life. Um, some of it's just silliness. Some of it's, um, really, really particularly um, special to me. Um, but I'm sick of wearing other people's shirts. This one's particularly awesome. But um, yes, wearing my, wearing my own shirt. That's hey, that's right. So that's what I did. I went onto um, some website on the internet, Zazzle, where I ordered my business cards, and I customized and I made a bunch of T-shirts with my with logos and stuff. One of them says "Suck it up." Just, <laughs> your and so I want to wear them for these shirt, these things, because I'm sick of wearing somebody else's damn content. So I, uh, I was going to bring it up to you, but you're already ahead of the game, which makes me mad. So ironically, I'm, I don't want to say I'm so far ahead of the game because I would be stuck up, but I currently have a contest running on Freelancer for uh, where I said, I want a shirt that says something like this, design it. And I just got like 60 entries this morning. I haven't had a chance to go through them. So I got a week. I'm looking for... If you read like Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets, he talks about your community should be, he talks about like building a brand. If you can build a brand where your brand name can be turned into a title. So for example, for mine, from military to millionaire becomes military millionaires as the title of like the, the group or the population. So I'm trying to get a shirt design that's like military millionaire or whatever that I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to come up with, but if something looks really cool, narrow it down to like five or 10, I'll put it out there for people to vote on and then see what happens with it you know who did that was uh, or kind of did that was um yours is that's a good idea that we have and i and i've had trouble converting mine to to anything like that how do you convert broke as a choice to a to a to a what would that be like an adjective yeah it's tough um but pete mcpherson has been trying to do this where he wants he's trying to convert do you even blog to he calls his people do you even the the do you even tribe I like that. So, um, I think he's, he may have read that book or he's heard that advice and he's trying to do the same thing. And um, that's an interesting one. Yeah. And I've, I found that, that little, I picked my name. I didn't, I don't know anything about branding. So I just picked it cause it sounds, it just pisses people off, which is perfect. I, I got lucky. <laughs> I well, I like your name. Uh, yours is yours. It's, it's to the point and it's, um, I told you how I chose it, right? You did not. Okay, I, I, didn't, I, did, I didn't choose it. I sent like 10 domain, domain names out to like a bunch of close friends and they all said these suck. And then like two or three people said, how about you try this? And then it was all similar. So I put like two or three versions of that together and sent it out to a different group of people and it was unanimous for this name. I was like, hmm. so I didn't choose it. It wasn't something that even came to mind. So you owe all your success to somebody else. But everybody loves it, so I'm rolling with it. Yes. <laughs> my, uh, my name, I originally didn't want this. I wanted... Um, I had this little slogan I say all the time, want better, be better. And it's the, the premise is if you want a better life, you don't go after the better life. You just have to become better. And then the and then life will follow. And, but that was all taken up and this and that. And so I was like, Shh. cause you know, you want to get the, the domain, but also the Facebook page and the Instagram handle and the um, YouTube channel. You want to get all of them. And so I remember that was like, I could only get like one or two. And the domain was taken anyway. And so I ended up settling on this one weekend because I just really wanted to write and post some stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's probably pissing people off, but I can change it later. And it's then a super catchy name. Yeah. It's a super catchy name and it suits me. So my brother and I just started a, um, a new a little project. It's going to be a website and a video. It's going to be us Skyping basically like this. Um, we uploaded some videos on YouTube yesterday, but it's really casual. It's not, it's just us, you know, well, <laughs> it's just us yammering, but it's uh, not really investing so much. He's a he's not a real estate guy. It's more like um, we just talk about uh, culture and history, politics, and books and whatnot. 
And um, that's when it's called uh, No Better Return. So that's, com. that's catchy too. Yeah, so I thought I came yours, up with it. Just take yours and turn it into an acronym. So like B-I-A-C. So yeah. you can call your group like Biatches. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's like B-I-A-C apostrophe S and just pronounce it differently. It'd be like, yeah, that's French. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, French Biatches. I like that okay, that's fucked up it is it is but with your personality the people oh, yeah. following you will all appreciate that oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. that's perfect <laughs> I would love to be able to walk around all day my Biatches these are my Biatches <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm gonna go trademark that right now so you have to pay me no um, <laughs> do it. Uh, that's funny alright um, what other stuff did you have on their list of talking points anything if not, I think I'm, that I think that was all of them. All right. Well, then I'm going to throw the VA loan at you and make you talk to me for like two minutes. No, I'm not. Because um, we can go back and forth. I'm actually getting ready to use it here soon, but I'll probably still put 5% down so that I don't have a funding fee. Um, Are you disabled? So, no, not. Well, that's the, the funny thing, right? So, I'm absolutely over a 10% disability rating, but you cannot have a disability rating until you exit. So, so until I you have a disability rating until what? until you exit the service. So because I'm still active duty, I do not rate, even though I have a hearing aid, which is a guaranteed over the 10% mark. Um, so I'm 70% disabled dog. Oof, broken. It clearly, oh, <laughs> clearly when you go to the gym, no. So, I mean, I know that I'll be over that mark, but My yeah, you're not, a, what's, what's really funny about that is you look at like the VA standards is a reservist who activates, goes to combat, gets hurt, comes back into reserve status, rates of disability status for their job. Uh, for whatever. So if they got, you know, a hearing aid and they're 20% disabled, they rate that even though they're still in the military, but an active duty guy does not. So if I transfer into the reserves, I will rate all my disability assets and I will be able to, that makes sense. Funding fee. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. The reserves, they don't pay. Not good. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's just kind of funny. Cause you think like I was, I was talking to someone the other day and he used this example, which kind of blows it out of the water, but you've got guys who are still active duty that are amputees. And so you've got like this guy who's missing a hand and they can't get rid of their funding and, fee because and doesn't rate no funding fee for the VA because he's not disabled yet. <laughs> like yeah. mm, he's missing a leg. No big deal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The world's imperfect, man. That's, yeah. uh, the world is imperfect, especially bureaucracy. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking to uh, San Diego is more affordable than, than here. Uh, oh, well that's also, yeah. Oh, but God. the housing allowance is the same. So I'm going to, I'm going to do some work. If I can find something great with the, cause you can wrap, there's supposedly there's ways to wrap a renovation into it. If I can find something that cash flows, then I'll play the game. If not, I'll rent. They do, have a, uh, they do have a, they do have a 203 um, aspect to VA. I know that. I don't know much about it. Nobody what were you does. Ask about VA loans. Oh, I was just going to, you know, rant with you. Cause I know that you love to rant, but. Uh, you, so you had, a, you introduced me to a friend of yours. Yeah, did you guys get a chance to talk yet? Eh, I emailed him once. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I sent him my, le uh, my link to a blog, uh, blog article I wrote that said, VA loan is a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never responded. So, well, that's kind of what he wanted. He wanted, uh, he wanted an antithesis. And I was like, I've got just the guy for you. Yeah, well, the problem is I'm very convincing. So my... <laughs> <laughs> my well, look. If you ask me for an antithesis, my 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 position is okay. Fine, I'm gonna try to convince you not to write that book. <laughs> Which yeah. not to not anything personal, or not that I don't want the guy to succeed or write the book. It's just I look you. It comes back to what we were talking about earlier. You got to know your stuff, and so you have to go out to the world and sell your ideas, and you have to sell them against people that know their stuff. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have uh, vocal opinions, even if they don't know what they're talking about, and you have to be able to do it in the face of all these things. So it's not, it wasn't anything personal. Like I was nice. I wanted to help as much as I could, but my position is always, you know, everything's a competition. Everything's a battle. And so you have to, um, you know, if you want to write a book about how good the VA loan is, that's perfectly fine. But my job, my personality, my purpose for existing is to throw a wrench in your machine, real, like a big, ugly wrench. <laughs> um, but the VA loan, okay, so my, my position with my article is the VA loan is perfectly fine for guys who need a primary residence and especially if you're in an, a, a market that appreciates, which most military people are not. 
because they buy them in military towns, which yep. are desolate. Uh, I don't know about the Marines. Most of ours are not too bad. We've got like Oahu, San Diego, uh, Jacksonville is not so great, but Quantico, Virginia is right next to where Quantico, Amazon's Virginia's going in now. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's not all of them, but a lot of ours are Oceanside. So it's, it's more appreciable than, you know, Oklahoma, <laughs> Fort Sill. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's a good point. So there are ways to make money using a VA loan as an investor, but there's way more ways to fuck it up. Yep. And what I mean by this is, look, you're going to have no equity. If you buy a VA loan, you have to buy a retail house pretty much, right? They're not going to sell you a foreclosure no. with a VA loan. You can't buy anything that needs rehab. So not to say you can't get a deal. It's like, but who's going to sell you a deal for a perfectly fine house that they could sell retail? Why would they sell to you 30% under? So you're going to have to buy a retail house. You're probably going to have to pay retail and then you're going to have no equity and then you're going to have a funding fee. And it's like, dude, you're underwater from day one. How did you think you were going to make money on this investment? What people do is they try to go get the VA loan because they want to buy something and they don't have any money. And so their solution is, I can use this VA loan. And it's like, that's a trap. That is a, that is a, a, a solution for the wrong, it's the wrong solution for the problem. The problem is you got no money. And the problem is you have no equity. And you're making that problem worse. And so what you need is, and you're not gonna be able to cash flow on a house that's um, later when you bought it retail. $100,000 house, rents for $1,000 a month, you have a $100,000 loan. Dude, there's almost no money to be made there. Um, and unless you wait 10, 15 years, which, that's a long time to wait just to gain a little equity. Um, so the VA loan is a perfectly fine resource. But for an investor, it can be a trap because people go towards 0% down. And that is the wrong way. What's the number two rule of real estate? You make money when you buy. Yep. You can't make money when you buy retail. So the VA loan is a useful tool in some circumstances, but for an investor, it's tough. There's better, there's, tough. Better, there's better opportunities out there, yeah. You can do it with stuff like a fourplex if you do that, maybe. But even then, you're buying that fourplex retail, bruh. Yep, exactly. So I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna see. I've got a doing lunch on Saturday with a guy who does VA like the 203 vet renovation type loan. Um, I'll pick his brain and see what the real opportunities are. Because if I can find something that's just a cosmetic train wreck, you know, for a decent price, it's a duplex in the San Diego area, uh, Vista, Oceanside, whatever. It's a good market. It's always going up or down, you know, whatever, but it's a market where I know I'll have tenants and as long as I know that it'll cash flow, then I'm okay pulling the trigger. But that's the thing is it's got to be able to cash flow a significant amount while I'm in it. Cause like, for example, if I buy a $400,000 house, my BAH will cover the entire mortgage. So anybody that's in there as a tenant is just cash flow. That works for me until I leave. But the problem is I got to make sure it works full term. So I don't know. We're going to keep our options open and uh, I have no idea, no opposition to renting either. So. Yeah, and look, like I said, well, again, back to my, my style. My style is, I'm going to tell you why it's a terrible idea, and then it's your job to talk your way out of it. Um, uh, the VA loan, what you're doing is fine. You're going to, one, buy at a discount, right? You're going to do the rehab, so you're going to have equity in there, certainly a little. Okay, good. The second thing is you're buying a duplex, you'll have cash flow. So, good. Then it works. My, my, my point is, that's not how most people use the VA loan. Most yeah. people use the VA loan for their personal residence. And if you buy a personal residence retail, and then you think you're going to make a rent on it later, you're gonna be you're gonna be a sad boy, especially because here's what's gonna happen. You buy a brand new house, right? And you say, "Well, here's what most people do: they do rent minus, they do mortgage minus rent, or rent minus mortgage rather." Okay, you, you done messed up. So you bought this new house, and you're like, "Oh, this, it doesn't need anything." It's like, yeah, but you're gonna own it for 30 years or 10, and in 10 years it's gonna start needing stuff, and in 15 years it's gonna start really needing stuff. Maybe maybe well maybe not HVAC or roof, but you'd be surprised. It goes back to 20 what years. Always, it's, roof. it's what I'm always telling people is don't buy a home. Buy Never buy a home, investment. always buy a house. Yep, buy an investment property. Don't buy, uh, unless you plan, like if I was like 100% dead set, I'm going to live in San Diego when I retire. This will be my forever home. Maybe something a little bit nicer neighborhood. Maybe I'd care about the neighborhood, but as it stands, neighborhood doesn't matter. Like area doesn't matter. Yeah, you can't give that advice. For the only thing that matters. Yeah, you can't give that advice to people either, especially young people, because they're like, okay, but I'm going to live there forever. You don't know, dog. You've only, yeah. You're going to change your mind. And let me tell you something else. You know what's worth more than a nice house? Freedom. Ah, what happens when the fucking 
earthquake happens and San Diego's not so cool to live in anymore. <laughs> or the volcano on Hawaii. Or the volcano or the fires or the place goes wicked, super lefty liberal or, it, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what Black Swan event is going to happen. I'm not saying San Diego's not going to be that, that. It's going to be popular for a long time. But I just mean, what about all the other towns that don't stay as popular or you want to get up and get out? Something else happens. Oh my God, there's an economic boom in Denver. I want to go. Well, too bad because I bought this monstrosity of a house because I thought I'd live here when I was, I, didn't, I thought I'd live here forever. And I said that when I was only 23 or 25 and I didn't even know how much of an idiot I was at the time. And now you made this lifelong decision that you can't get out of and, and, that, and that beautiful polished propeller has now turned into a dragging rusty anchor and you can't get out of it and you're losing money and it, and you're and now your dti is so high um it's so uh, excuse me it's so it's so stretched you can't even pick up a second house anyways and you have no and you have no equity so you can't get out and you oh my god it just it it, the, it uh I, my 2019 word of the year is barnacle <laughs> and that's what it is that's are, you big, to, are you allowed to pick that word like before you know the first month's over i think you gotta like see it out we'll see we'll come back in a year and see where see where you're my word. 2019 word of the year is barnacles i said it then i'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm saying it now and i'm gonna say it in the future <laughs> are word. you questioning my commitment <laughs> no i mean i you know just just uh helping solidify it uh, no, it, uh, no, I've been, I, I gotta, I've been trying to write an article about it for a while. It's, it's a tough one. Barnacles. It's just like stuff that picks up, piles up, and it starts dragging, you know, overhead. And it just keeps picking up more stuff. And so a house, uh, excuse me, a home is a barnacle. It's this thing that doesn't propel you any farther ahead in life. It's just overhead. And then it comes with all sorts of uh, barnacles start piling up on top of it and dragging you down more and more. My house here, this is a giant ass barnacle. And I bought it because uh, we got a bunch of dogs. Which they're amazing, but also barnacles. Yeah. <laughs> it really hinders your living opportunities as a renter. Yeah, I can't go, I can't go get a cheap condo. That, that's the way to do it. Go get a little cheap condo down. down. We live on the strip if I could. Yeah. That'd be <clears> fun. <throat> be fun. All right, how long we got? We, let's, you ready to wrap? Yeah, we got some time. What's up? What else you got going on? I uh, got my first coaching call here in a little bit. It's exciting. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, so I have decided to start a six-week coaching program. So it's going to be – I mean, this is beta test world right now, so it's all free with guys that are hopefully uh, – I, I hand-selected guys who volunteered that are people that I know will not be afraid to tell me, you know, this sucks. Um, so other military guys, people who've – given me feedback on things already, whether I liked it or not, um, that had volunteered that I'm like, okay, I know this guy will give me what I want, not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. Um, and then, so we're going to basically run through, uh, let, me, let me just pull up my outline. Um, uh, to interject while you're doing that, that's really good advice. That's advice that I, uh, I, my family and friends hate to hear it, but I always tell them like, you can't get advice from family and friends. Can't, nope. they're going to give you the worst advice. You got to get somebody that like, kind of has a good level of contempt for you. Somebody that really doesn't like you that much. That's the, advice <laughs> you need. That's the advice you need. Somebody that has no vested interest in your success and probably may, maybe wants, to, wants you to fail a little bit. You need that advice. Mom is going to tell you you're amazing no matter what. And that is not helpful. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we're going to, so like the first week, uh, so it's going to be like a 30-minute call every week and there'll be homework. So like this first week we're doing, uh, like I'm going to have them do a budget. I'm going to have them do, you know, tell me everything about whatever. We'll talk books they've read so that I can give them a book to read over the first three weeks. I'm going to give them two books to read throughout the course. Um, and then, you know, if need be, give them an audible referral for the, so they can get the first free book or whatever. Uh, and then we're talking the first week's like budgeting, who's on your team, how they found, how they found their team members. Uh, how to find team members if they don't have them, you know, dig into the team a little bit and figure out how can we give you, how can we get you a better property manager if need be? How can we do whatever? Um, second week's going to be talking about like property analysis. How many are you analyzing? How are you analyzing? How can we streamline that to make it a faster, more effective process? Because I mean, realistically, you know, I have a video on it and people laugh, but like seven seconds, I can tell you in seven seconds if a property is worth actually analyzing or not. Um, right. You know, it's like a simple time. I have this weird formula that's like, X times X. Oh, nope, not worth my time. Um, and that's just off the MLS or wherever. But uh, how many offers are you writing? Writing multiple multiple offers, different 
offer writing strategies, LOIs, you know, uh, realtor or whatever. Um, financing options will be another week actually talking about how to find community banks, how to find private money, hard money, seller financing, how to negotiate that stuff. Um, and the biggest thing for seller financing is just ask the freaking question, but don't tell them my secret. Um, you know, due diligence inspection, walk them through the whole inspection period, inspection process, uh, what like tricks of the trade, like walking your property manager through with your inspector to whatever, different things to streamline the process. Um, and then, I mean, realistically, like the last, not the last thing, I have two extra weeks on here that I'm going to try to add some stuff to as we go. But uh, the last week as of right now will be focused entirely on like how to improve cash flow. So ways to mitigate expenses, ways to improve in income. Like nobody really talks about that. I mean, they do, but that seems to be like everyone's focused on how do you buy a deal. But the reality is once you buy the deal, you know, like for me, a, com a commercial property, one of the first things I do, like on this big one I bought, the first thing I did was try to find a way to buy washer dryers where I'm not leasing so that the cash flow actually counts towards the value of the building. And I added 30 grand to buy, you know, a couple emails. Uh, worth the value to the building and I bring in an extra hundred bucks a month in income um, and, and just little things like that how to so anyway so so super rough draft I have I have more detail in my like folders for each week but we're uh, it's a beta so we'll see what happens and then we'll we'll improvise and adapt from there well good that sounds good yeah um, it's interesting what you said about uh, you know the world uh, how you familiar with the term called survivorship bias yes I just wrote an article for BP about this Oh. Um, and, but look, everybody's guilty of this and some people are guilty knowingly. Some people are guilty unknowingly. I'm guilty knowingly. I know it's propaganda. And so you sell highlights, right? And well, the other thing is, look, um, uh, buying deals is fun living with, uh, and, and here's the other problem with real estate investing. It's really easy, right? And you're, you're feeling it now where I can go off and I can buy five houses a year and then that's all easy and fine and good for the first two, three years while things run right. But when things start to collapse, you have no experience of running the business. You only have, it's easy to oblige yourself to debt. It's much harder to live with the stress of, oh shit, I got two, three vacancies at one time. I had a house that just got flooded from an upstairs condo neighbor and she's terrible to deal with the insurance company. And it's all at once. And so, um, you know, nobody talks about, they talk about how to get deals because, uh, that's the easy part in all honesty. It's the living with the responsibility and the stress and that thing's going to last 30 years. Well, it's going to last till you sell it, which is probably going to be a long time. So, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I do like that. You tell people, you gotta, you gotta show people that it's not all, you know, they say, Oh, well, it's hard. It's not all fun and games. You know, it's a lot of trials. It's persistence and people hear it. But I'll tell you, there's something different when you got to go to sleep with it. Yeah. You got to go to sleep with that pain, that stress, that worry. Yeah, I planned on an eviction the first month I took over my 10 unit, and I had three in the first quarter. Oops. That's not, that's not so bad. Yeah, I had a. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I survived it. But uh, one of the evictions also took out the roof and caused two grand worth of damage with this U Haul. Um, so that was fun. And then tried to say it wasn't him, but it's like dude, we, like, you're the only U-Haul that was there that day and we have eyewitnesses and police reports. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't my U-Haul. Someone else must have been, no. <laughs> like you, and, he, and the best part is it took six months to get that all figured out. He had paid the insurance damage to the U-Haul for the damage done to the truck, but was still denying that he had caused it. So, so he hit something on the top of the U-Haul, but wasn't admitting it was my roof. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> like, you know, the U-Haul place. Yep. Yeah. I got my money, but it took like, it was in June. I got it last month. So yeah, that's what people don't, um, that's what people don't, that's what they don't expect. They think, um, Oh, I'll have an eviction. I'll evict somebody. It's like, yeah, it's going to take three months and you're going to have to live with the stress. You have to pay and, for your carpet or whatever. And then, and yeah, and then they're going to tear your place up because they hate you. Or, uh, I had to evict my very first tenant. <clears throat> uh, so I, it was terrible. And I have three properties right now that are in, well, one just got turned over. I had, I had three properties out of seven that were, that didn't pay for December um, for various reasons. And, you know, and sometimes look, you know what? Uh, nobody's, nobody in the world would describe me as a nice fella. Uh, not that I'm not nice, but that's not the adjective that they would, that they would originally initially. Um, it's not the first thing. That's definitely not, that's, that's on the list, but it's down, it's farther down. But, um, so I had a tenant had the upstairs condo unit flooded out and then it flooded my, my tenant's unit. 
and she had no renter's insurance. And I don't hold insurance on that property because it's a cheap little condo unit. Uh, I have HO6 master policy, but I don't have walls in policy. And so it flooded and I fixed it. And then the other lady upstairs, she wanted to come in and she, the contractor is making a mad grab for her insurance. So she wanted to do mold treatment. So she went back in there and started tearing up my place. I mean, she's gonna pay for it all, but my tenant has to get an extended stay motel and I volunteered to pay for it. Well, now it's going long. So I'm not only not making money on this place, I'm paying out to help somebody else out. Now I don't have to, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff people don't talk about when they're like, well, Alex, that's the right thing to do. It's like, yeah, okay, but fine. But it's, you know, it's going to be a couple hundred, it's going to be a couple, it's going to be over, it's going to be well over a grand and no income. Yeah. Um, so that's that kind of stuff that you don't expect. And then, oh, at the same time, I had another tent, a house that got renovated and it hasn't rented yet. And then I had another turnover in another property. And it's just like, dude, like my property manager is fantastic. Everything's going to work out, but you get one December. You're like, Oh, I didn't get any money or very, you know, much less. Yeah. I had and one or two months last year where I definitely, the income did not match the expenses, but overall, I mean, it's still evened out, but for sure. And so people think they're like, Oh, well it's just one or two months, Alex. No big deal. It's like, yeah, but you got to sleep every night with those two months knowing, cause you don't, I don't know when it's going to get fixed. I don't know that it's going to be cool. I don't know that it's going to, um, that house hasn't got rented. It's like, when will it? Well, it should be another week or so. Should. Yeah. What if should. it's three? What yeah. if it's six? How long can you go? Do you have, here's the other thing is, um, I run my properties. I run high, uh, <clears throat> reserves, right? A lot of people run their ships tight and all my properties have 30, 40% equity. Uh, so, and my cash flow is high. So, for new investors, when they're borrowing with their 0% loan, and they have no cash reserves, and then you have a few tumultuous months, you get knocked out. You get knocked out hard. Yeah. And so I like what you're talking about. You know, go in there, reduce the expenses, you know, drop all the anchors, get rid of all the barnacles, and polish up that propeller so the thing runs right. Yeah. Don't and just walk and, and buy it. Go ahead. Simple things too, like LED lighting, high efficiency sink, high efficiency toilet, high efficiency. Uh, or the, like the light switches in the toilets or in the bathrooms that turn off automatically. Like that's on my commercial property where I pay utilities on some of the like common areas, but, you yeah, know, yeah. like the bathroom, people leave the light on. So just yeah. turn it to one of the simple little like timers. It goes off and it only comes on when someone walks in that saves you a fortune over time. And it costs like 20, 30 bucks to put in. Um, and then, then, then there's other things obviously for the property itself, uh, that are beneficial. Do you, like, do you put fans in the bedrooms? Like ceiling fans? I think it depends. It depends on some, so like my my like one bed one bath units and my ten ten unit don't have it, but like my duplex has fans. Yeah, we take all the fans out. We put one in the master, and that's it. Because uh, especially kids' rooms, mm, they get they, yeah. they jump, they they hang on them and rip them down yeah. all the time. Just like no, no more fans. And so that's the little stuff that we just put a little ten dollar bulb in there. I like that idea. I'm going to add that to my coaching course. Yeah. <laughs> you can send royalties to Brokers of Choice. Alex at Brokers of Choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, as of right now, the royalties for that will be the royalties that I receive on everything. Zero. Zero. Uh, although I did just click the button today to uh, put a couple, uh, to somewhat AdSense monetize my blog. I don't know. I'm just testing the waters. It's like one page that I don't really care about. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's funny though, you talk about writing and people talk about like writing, 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 eventually something happens. Like it's weird every now and then something happens and I don't know. So like, for example, uh, yesterday I was on Google analytics and I'm like, what in the world happened? I mean, it was good. Like my reading spiked like oh, probably 200% on a page and I'm like, what the world? Like I couldn't figure it out. And it just said Facebook. And I'm like, somebody shared my something somewhere. Oh, I could, I could nice. not figure it out anywhere. And the last time that happened was when bigger pockets shared one of my posts and it went up like. 700 readers over normal like that day and this was not quite so big a jump but i'm like what in the world well today it was the same thing and i'm like i don't you know whatever someone shared on my page a screenshot and i guess there's like this private group for uh, it's called us mentoring us and, and i can't even find it because it's like totally hidden um but it's like uh i think it's air force but it's like a staff nco like just helping each other out. So someone screenshot it and said, Hey man, you're doing good things and posted it to me. And like the guy had been like, I wish I'd seen this before and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I just got like five or 600% more readers overnight 
over something that I didn't, you know, and so it's funny because that's more than any of the marketing I'm doing, <laughs> but. Well, no, but they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And so uh, that's, a, that's a great story. And that really is it. It's like, you don't know what you're, well, first, when I say write, what I find a lot of bloggers do, which is a mistake, is they write for content. Yeah. They don't, they don't write, look, man, use your brain. I don't mean you. I mean everybody. Use your brain and write something that you have thought about deeply and don't write for the sake of it. Write your thoughts out. And look, that takes a little bit of courage, especially if you have controversial thoughts or if you want to, um, if you really want to get somebody's attention, you got to write it out. You got to write it out thoroughly. And, um, and somebody will use your information and they'll enjoy it and they'll find it useful and they'll share it. And sure enough, one day somebody's gonna pop in there and it compounds, right? Because as soon as, now, now you have more subscribers because, or more, more people interested because somebody else got a hold of it and then you don't know who else is going to share it next. Um, and yeah, you just got to write. And so, it's a habit like any other. At first, I was really afraid to put myself out there. And now it's like, I write for BP. Did you see this article I wrote for um, Carl Jensen? What was the title? Uh, do you know who that is? You know who that is, Carl. Yeah, Mindy's, Mindy's husband, right? Mindy's husband. Uh, he, writes for, he writes a blog called 1500 Days. Yep. And so they, they, they shared with me, Mindy texts me and she says, hey, we were on the local news, Denver, whatever, local news channel, came to their house and did an interview about financial freedom. Because he did 1,500 days, which is I want to retire in 1,500 days with a million dollars. And it ended up being, I think, like 1.8 million they, they, retired, they, they clipped in like five years. Yeah. And, um, and so he writes a successful blog, 1,500 days. And they came out to do an interview with him. And I'm reading the report and the video. And they're like, look, it's not that hard. There's no secret. Spend less than you make. Save. Be, be diligent. And so I read this and I, you know, my personality. Oh, I didn't put together that that was, I, I, yeah, I totally did see it. I just didn't put together that that was, uh, that that was Carl's blog. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So what I wrote, I said, if Carl Jensen, right. Cause I, based on that quote, that was the one they singled out. They said, it's not a secret. There's no secret sauce. You just have to spend less than you earn and you have to be persistent. And that's probably, that's part of what my, my blog is broke as a choice. Like people just don't try at all. Yeah. They just spend everything. And so, and so I wrote, uh, if Carl Jensen, is a financial role model, then our country is screwed, right? <laughs> oh, then we're, if Carl Jensen's a financial role model, then we're, we're having, a, this is a national disaster. And so I wrote this article to him and I said, look, don't take it the wrong way. It's just busting chops. But I used them as a kind of a, a beating a, a pinata. And I was like, there should be no reason why everybody can't do this. Look, even Carl can do it. And so I wrote, <laughs> but I wrote it in a snarky way and he posted on his thing. And then next thing you know, I'm getting a whole bunch of views because he has a very popular Twitter. And Mindy shared it and all this other stuff. And so, but I, if I didn't have the, if I didn't have the experience of writing for the, it's only been a year, so it doesn't take long to get a little, you know, to get decent yeah. at it. And so if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have written that and wrote it. And I didn't write it as a blog. I kind of just wrote it as a, as a hilarious email. Yeah. He made it into a blog post and shared it. But it's true though, because the reality is like being, you can say financially free, financially independent, wealthy, whatever way you want to say it, just being able to survive. So we'll use a very current example, a government funding issue where you may or may not get paid as a federal employee, which hasn't affected me. And I don't really know anyone personally, but it has, but that's an issue, right? And that's a thought and that's a fear and it's happened before. And yet, even though it happened two, three years ago where the military was worried they weren't going to get paid, we still have people that are like, Oh my God, what do I do now? And it's like, it's not hard. Just save some money. Like, so I talk about yeah, my percentage of money that I save and this, that, and the other. And, but, but what's funny about it is right now I'm debating going to this conference and I was like, Oh, you know, it's this much and blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, Oh, I have a fund for flights and I put like 500 bucks a month in it that I don't even think about. So I like looked at it and I'm like, Oh, well that's what it's for. So money to go to this conference shouldn't, I don't even need to think about it because I've got, you know, three grand in there right Plus now. It's a good investment. Yeah, so I'm probably, I got to drop my leave request and see about, did I tell you what conference? Try to no. go to the 10X Growth Conference. Um, so I'm, I'm iffy. I'm still on the fence. The, 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 I've heard good things about the conference, but it's not really my niche. But the reason I'm going is there's a guy named Meet Kevin, who's a big YouTuber. Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing his first ever conference. He's piggybacking the day prior. Um, and so I'm kind of like, man, he's an up and coming real estate guy and a very up and coming YouTuber. <laughs> 
if I can get into his like, it's like a hundred bucks. If I can get in on his very first conference where there's not many seats, there's like 50 people going and I can talk to him and network with him. He lives in the LA area. That in itself will be beneficial. Plus I got uh, free, not free, but I'm gonna pay like somebody offered me to crash in their Airbnb with 10 other real estate investors for the whole time. Oh, awesome. So I'm like, Oh boy, it's going to be insane. Um, so like the conference is going to be fun, but that's not even the reason I'm really debating going at this point is because of everything else. But the, anyway, yeah, the whole you point with that is, sorry, I'm going to keep cutting you off because that's just, no, uh, the whole point with that is just, it's not hard. Just save money. Just, yeah. just once a month to say, I'm not buying that and put it away. Well, I, the way I do is I say pay yourself first. Yeah, exactly. I've got all my uh, envelopes over yeah, there. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, the government shut down. Yeah, perfect example. It's like, uh, this is your fault. If you can't go two weeks without money, uh, have you heard of the word wage slavery? Uh, that's a real problem, but in America, it's voluntary. I just need to do a video on that. I, need to, I just realized that. I just read a book on YouTube, and it talks about, like, piggybacking off trends. So I was thinking about trying to find a way to find bird box as like a video. Cause that's a trend right now uh, to piggyback into real estate, but I couldn't really find a way that worked. But that's what I need to do. I need to do a video called like, I don't know, something polarizing. Like if the government shutdown has you worried, you're fucked up or, you know, something. If the government great. shutdown has you worried, you're a socialist. <laughs> but, but realistically, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, well, that's, that's exactly what it is. The government's a giant jobs program. And so if you can't go without your job by the government, that is pure. There is no other term for it. That's socialism. And you are at the, you're at the mercy of the government. You are there. <laughs> and it, write the title down. Yeah. You're a socialist dog. And I'm okay with a little bit of socialism. I'm not even like a total, but, but people that, you know, they love to say, oh, the government does everything terrible, but man, I really want my social security check. <laughs> or oh, I hate the government, but I can't go two weeks without them. So yeah, I, I got no, I have no, I have very little sympathy for anybody who can't make their nut because the government's been shut down for 22 days. You can't go without, you can't go 22 days without. And look, I know I've been in finance for a long time. I sold cars. I did finance for um, car, car lending for a long time. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I know very intimately how many people live in week to week and it's almost all of them. And I still have no sympathy for him because it was this way 10 years ago. It's this way now. It's going to be this way in 10 years from now. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, socialism is government means of production. So, uh, but the government, the government shutdown is starting to affect other people. Uh, my brother is a DOD. I don't think he's DOD, but he's a government contractor for some, some of the, one of the government departments and he's out of work. Ugh. Right. And he's like, dude, do you know how much I've gotten done on my personal stuff? This is the best vacation I've ever had. But my brother is, has no financial, uh, he has no financial worries because he's responsible. Yeah. And he doesn't make any more than, he, he makes decent money, but it's, you know, it's not like, uh, I mean, it's, it's contract money. So it's decent, but it's not, um, he's not killing it. And yet he has no financial problems. Why? Because he doesn't have any fat car payments and he doesn't go off and, and he, he still has nice toys, but he's just reasonable about him. You don't need a new phone every year. You don't need a car in, within the last five years. Um, and so when the government shuts down and people, uh, and people struggle, it's like, well, like you said, the government shut down, shuts down all the time, not all the time, but it shuts down fairly regularly that you should know that this is coming. Yeah. All right. And you shouldn't be our, at the, our budget is terrible. The federal, like the way they budget things, like it's not that it's a terrible budget. It's, it's politicized. Just, That's why. Yeah. It's, yeah. And they do it all the time. They're going to try to change. I don't want to get too political, but they're trying to, they're, I think they're going to try to introduce a law where they, 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 can, they can introduce a mechanic so the government can't shut down over funding issues because they, both sides use it as a tool of leverage because nobody wants the government to shut down. So it's like anybody. And so they basically just find out where they can shift the blame and then lean on them. And nobody yeah. wants to take the blame for it. So it's like, uh, ah, it's what's, just a and what's funny is they're shut down right now, and I don't, not to get into politics, so I'm going to do this in the least political way I can say this because I don't want to get enter that realm. The government is shut down. We'll keep it in the financial realm. The government shut down over something piddly, like $5.7 billion in the government budget is minuscule. We spend way more than that well, on it's just, yeah, it's so just many things that don't matter. And on a, again, not getting into politics here, we'll keep it negotiating now, right? So we'll, we'll avoid that straight. The, the Democratic Party in my opinion, shouldn't have said, no, we're putting our foot down because of this $5.7 billion. They should have used it 
as a negotiation tool to get something they want. But unfortunately, they're like dug in the trenches now, and it's going to be this big battle of, oh, who's going to Yeah, well, out? they did that last year, and, and they, they did that last year. It was $25 million for DACA, and then they got reneged on. Oh, so, I will go check my resources. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely, yeah. But again, again, so it's, but it's, it, the, the main point is the one, the, what we should focus on is if you are, a, if you are reliant on someone else for your financial uh, well-being, that's your fault. Certainly if you're over 30. So, yeah, um, I can still be reliant for another year. Ugh. Well, I just mean, I just mean there's a point where you have to take absolute responsibility. If you're 30, if you're 20, if you're 15, uh, excuse me, if you're 18, and you don't know any better, I give you a little bit of, uh, I'll give you a little bit of sympathy. Or if you grew up in a position where it's like you just didn't, nobody taught, you know, you had no way to get financially stable. When you're 20, you're an idiot. In yeah. your 20s, in your 20s, 20 to, 20 to 30, you're an idiot. You don't even know you're an idiot. You're probably insulted of me calling you an idiot right now if you're listening to this. So, but you're an idiot. You'll, fight, you'll, you'll agree with me when you, you'll agree with me later. And so, um, so I give you, I give those people a little bit of leeway where you're out spending money buying, you know, trying to pick up chicks, spending money on alcohol, buying cars and toys, whatever. Fine. But when you're 30, no excuse, my friend. And, <clears throat> and you should not, you don't want to be beholden to somebody else, especially, especially the government. Yeah. So get your shit together. I'm totally going to write that video and publish it this week. Try to, what? Try, if, try. You, uh, you're, if you're worried about the government shutdown for your financial independence, then just you're, you're a socialist. Yeah, except I might have to title it with the socialist part first. Like you're a socialist if the government shutdown has you worried or some, something. We'll, we'll, we'll tweak the title a little bit. Maybe I'll bounce, bounce it off one of my title gurus um, that I know and see, see what we think. But if you're I like can, a, uh, uh, what's the old Jeff Foxworthy bit? Um, you might be a socialist if. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Might be a socialist if. Although I'll tell you this, um, I hate that uh, to get – this is political. I hate that that word socialism has become a, an insult. I agree. In of itself. I, yeah. It's not, but anyways, but anyway. so I'm, I hate that I'm, I'm participating in it right now is what I was trying to say. Uh, it's all good. It's all polarizing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So uh, I should probably eventually wrap this up. Um, so what's, I'm going to go back to one question. I'm going to ask one of my questions so that I'm kind of hijacking this back. Uh, <laughs> What is one resource that you would recommend to anyone getting started in real estate? Brokeisachoice.com. I was about bigger pockets. Chance, I was going to give you a chance to plug yourself like next, but that works. How about how about bigger pockets? That's the one. That's what I, that's what I started with. Yeah, I agree. I agree uh, a lot of military people. to millionaire first, then bigger yeah. pockets, then my website. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, hopefully, if they're listening to this, then part of that's because they already. Know. Um, let me give you. Let me give you. Let me give you an answer that somebody else made. That I give you. How about you should go to meetup.com and find local real estate investors in your area and make some real life friends who do this. Yes, absolutely. Jim Rohn said, "You are the average of your five closest friends." Well, you better make all. Don't make five friends that like real estate. Make five friends that are so successful that they really don't want you around. That's what you need to grow. And don't make friends by walking up to them and saying, Hey, I need you to help me with this. Make friends by going and bringing value to their life. So figure out what they need, figure out what problems they have, figure out what's going on with them and then solve the problem. Don't ask for anything in return. Don't be like, Hey, I can, I see that you only write one article a week and I think you could be a lot better served by writing two. How about you pay me to write an article? No, just write them articles, like find a way to bring value to them and you'll get in their circle a lot. Faster. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, ask. Yeah. People offer me stuff all the time that I'm like, dude, I don't want that or need that. And you, and, and I can tell that you didn't go to my website to find out what my approach or my angle is because every month I write a newsletter and I say, this is the things that I need help with. I put it right in my blog. And so when somebody comes to me like, Hey, like you said, Hey, I can help you proofread articles or I can edit some stuff. And I'm like, did I ask for that? No. So I know that you haven't even read my content, which means I know that you're only really thinking about yourself. You're just trying to get done what, you think I need so you can go then and go get what you want. So when you, you, when you give that advice, which a lot of people do, um, bring value. Yeah. Well, if you really want to bring value to somebody, find out what they really need, ask yeah. them or go look at their content and don't assume that you, that you have something that they, that they're clamoring for, find out what they think they need. But again, it comes down to start a dialogue. 
you know, make a friend. Be a good person. That one's hard. And it's not that fun. Well, it's way, it's way more fun to be a dick. That's true. Well, you can be a dick, be a good person. You don't have to be nice all the time to be a good person. I don't recommend being nice. Exactly. Uh, good, yeah. In fact, sometimes being a good person means you're being a dick, right? Because like telling the fat kid, That's hey, a quote. man, it's all right. You need to, you need to, you know, if the burger makes you happy, then the burger makes you, no. Hey, man, I get it. But guess what? You're fat and the job you're in, i.e. the military, requires you to not be fat. So you need to go run. And maybe if you run and get down to that weight, then you can enjoy a burger once in a while. But until then, sorry, this is what yeah. I just, If like, you need I tough thought. love though, I'm your guy. <laughs> I told the guy I told the guy a few months ago, I was like, I can't um I don't think I can be friends with you anymore because you're a loser and I'm sick of watching you be a loser and then take my time with texting and friend friendship. Can't do it. I can't be friends with losers. I got places to go. Well, so, and then he tightened up. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> All right, I last feel, one. I feel good because you text me. Um, but you already plugged yourself, so I can't even. Brokerthechoice.com. Uh, <laughs> I don't make any money off that website. I don't monetize anything at the moment. Uh, you can Skype me for free, although I will not do coaching calls. If you need a coach, call David's the guy. Um, but I will exchange an email with you. I will exchange a Skype uh, with you if you need it and for some tough love. And that's it. Are you, do you have your tickets to FinCon 2019? Of course, I bought them while we were there. Good, I will see you there. Yeah, I paid for that and the uh, the one that piggybacks right before the Military Influencer Conference. I went to that last year too. Uh, it's totally different niche, but I felt like since my blog is military related, it's good to go and build relationships and it piggybacks. So I'll be at FinCon and then through the weekend and then Mill Influencer. And this time I booked a hotel too, so that instead of being the lame who leaves early to go to my Airbnb and sleep, I can stay at the hotel until all hours of the night and get cray cray. That was a mistake that I made. I stayed with my friend Lee um, and he lived, he has a, he's a points guy. And so he had, what was it? He had a timeshare points that he could use at a different hotel. So we'd stay there and then we'd be like, well, we got to go back to our hotel. And that was a mistake. So uh, if you need a roommate, which it sounds like you probably will. I'll hit you up. So I, uh, I was thinking that my whole family was going to go up there and we were going to enjoy the trip. And then I didn't get stationed on the East coast. So not only families. So if you're well, well, that's what I'm saying. So I, I need to have that conversation and figure that out. And if I'm going solo, then I'll have, I'll even have an extra bed and we can probably throw two or three other people in there and, and do we need to get some real, we need some real estate people. That's how you mad bond. Oh yeah. Uh, we should get Lucas. I bet you Lucas would come um, crash with us. And, um, just email bigger pockets, like the entire bigger pockets place and be like, Hey, um, all of you should crash in this one room with us. We've got a keg. People can be mad. Oh, that's it. <laughs> you get mad at me. You can't have me. Um, you know, even Pete McPherson, he crashed in me and Lee's place last year. And I think one night was of, of having me around was enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you let me sleep eventually, um, it doesn't have to be for much, but it's gotta be something cause I'm old. I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm older than you. I know, but you know, you're Alex and I'm not. So <laughs> there's another quote for you. All right. I'm going to stop this recording. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. You are very welcome. <laughs> I, I look forward to doing this again. I'm very grateful though. Yeah. I'm always down to have you on. You know that. All right. All right. Thanks,